Hey everyone, welcome back to Garage Lore, episode 12. I am one half of the tag team champions known as Garage Lore. Joining me as always is my tag team partner, Tim. Tim, how are you? Uh, I'm good. Caught me mid-sip. <laughs> are you, what are you drinking? What's the beverage of choice for the evening? Uh, an Angry Orchard hard cider. I don't know what that is, but I hope it's delicious. We are it's... on episode 12, Tim, the Butterfree episode. As you enjoy your beverage, would you like to hear about the Pokemon known as Butterfree? Never heard of them. Go ahead. You've never heard of Butterfree? Nope. Well, this will be a learning experience for all of us then. Butterfree can fly. When fighting, Butterfree flaps its wings very fast, filling the air with toxic dust. Two of its favorite attacks are Sleep Potter, which sends an enemy snoozing, and Stun Spore, which paralyzes an enemy so it can't move. Be sure to keep lots of Awakening Potion in your first aid kit before doing battle with this beautiful but dangerous Pokemon. And I will say that this book has a special footnote for Butterfree's page. Pokedex pick. Regretting that trade you made? Trade it back. Most trainers understand the bond that develops between a person and his or her Pokemon. When Ash traded his Butterfree, the very first Pokemon he had evolved on his own, for Eradicate, he realized they had been through so much together to be apart, so he traded back for it. I definitely remember that episode, because I remember being mad at Ash for trading uh, Butterfree. I just want to say how annoying Butterfree was, uh, playing one, because Sleep Spore and Stun Spore were like 50% accuracy or something. Well, Oh, yeah. That. So it was just oh, like yeah. you would never hit with them. Or it you felt you like said it yourself. Hit. Yeah, there are certain, like, in that OG Pokemon game, we're talking Generation 1, Red, Blue, Yellow, there'd be a move where you would read like, oh, this attack has 90% accuracy, but then it never truly felt like 90%. Yeah. There was some funny math going on in those games. Anyway, what have you been up to, Tim? Um, I got my COVID booster on Monday. Okay, and, is this the, uh, did you go for the double jab and so this you're at the triple now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And ended up being the same uh, thing. I got Moderna the first two and then they gave me Moderna for the third. Okay, how did you feel afterwards? Were you kind of woozy? I remember after my second jab, I, I it kind of beat me up a bit. Um, For this one, it was, I just got a little tired like on that night and then I pretty much just slept the entire next day so like the afternoon and then was just sleepy throughout the entire day that was yeah that's that's kind and of then, my recollection go ahead yeah and then uh that was tuesday and then wednesday i just also took the day off because i was still feeling a little feverish because i had i was having like late night sweats in the middle of the night uh oh and then that... was i wasn't like i didn't feel feverish like nauseous or anything like that it was just i was just particularly warm is how it felt to me okay um like not sickly warm if that makes sense um but yeah it just was kind of weird so i just took the like month or tuesday and wednesday off 
Uh huh. My first jab wasn't so bad, but then after the second jab, I, I did have like a full day of taking a siesta. So, Tim, after taking the booster, do you recommend taking a PTO day afterwards or like maybe plan it for a Friday or the weekend so that I have a day to myself? I mean, just go into it knowing that you may end up having to take a day or two off. Okay. So, like, okay. if you know that, go in and you're fine. I also had, like, I had also just gotten groceries the day before I got the booster, so I got some soup and stuff like that. Ooh, good just soup. In, you know, just in case I actually really, like, I was feeling, I had, like, a cold or something like that, you know, but fortunately none of that. What else have you been up to, Tim? Um, well, in that time, I was kind of just like, didn't have the energy to do anything. So I just binge watched the entire season of the time, the entire fourth season of Cobra Kai, which had just come out recently. So I have only seen like clips and short YouTube videos of Cobra Kai. It seems like people are enjoying that series. Yeah, it, um, it's surprisingly good. Like, Especially for something that's like, it's not a, um, it's like a sequel in a way, a sequel series, Mm -hmm. but it's weird because like you wouldn't expect something from like, because like, I don't know if what your thought are, what your thought is on the Karate Kid series, but like, I feel like the quality had gone downhill with each one, Uh but you know, this is surprisingly really good and it's very yeah, like I, it's very anime is what I've heard people describe it. I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. There's a tournament, there's drama and stuff like that. <laughs> there's a lot of yeah. Fighting. I watched uh, the first Karate Kid, and I never dived into two and three because I had heard what you described is that it just kind of goes downhill. Yeah, but I, I also do hear positive things about this series. Is this like a was it this a YouTube Red thing or something like that? The first season was, and then okay. everything after has been on Netflix. So, like, the entire series on Netflix, but, you know, it's just that first... Yeah, that's why, like, it took people to, a bit to get into it, because it's on YouTube Red, which, like, who has that? So they're at four seasons now, huh? Yeah. Also, like, okay. a half-hour show, so and, like, ten episodes, so it's very easy, like, quick to get through a season. So with me knowing very little about the series how often do they make a nod to mr miyagi like every episode i mean not every episode but i mean like they go into it like they actually like they they basically added a bunch of lore to a bunch of characters or they'll you know reference a lot of history about some characters that i had not was not familiar with or something because i hadn't seen i don't recall seeing two and three of the movies but Uh you know there's there's characters in the from those movies that they bring in into the show and it's just like here's this his, here's the history of this guy and it's like okay cool thanks for that so it's so, very so, much it's very approachable like going into it without having seen any of the movies something that like a fan theory or a fan discussion i've seen about the og karate kid was like daniel larusso is the real bully and yeah, it I seems mean, that's, like this that's series how they kind of touches him. on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They kind of treat him that way in some regard. Because, like, they make the other kid, Johnny Lawrence, as, like, the, the hero of the series, at, at least for the first season. And then they're pretty much just rivals throughout the series. So, Is he the same actor? 
Oh yeah, like it's all the same actors as far as I know. Very nice, very nice. Like even like the original sensei of Cobra Kai, like that guy. I saw an advertisement and that guy was there and I said, oh wow, they got that guy. Yeah, they got everyone. (laughs) Well, beyond just that, I did not realize that there was an Always Sunny podcast that you've been listening to. Is that, yeah. how is that? Um, it's pretty good. It's like, it's fairly new. Like, I think they started it like two, three months ago, something like that. Um, and really it's, they're kind of, um, revisiting the series. Like they're just watching an episode of the show per, like per episode of the podcast, but they'll, most of it's like the podcast is just like them just shooting the shit and, talking occasionally about an episode or most most of it is like you know behind the scenes style stuff but it's very like a like without having knowing these these guys like they're three creators of this all that well mm-hmm. beyond just what i've seen like they're actually just like very down-to-earth like comedic people sort of thing is it the writers or is it the the actors well i mean both they they okay. kind of did everything yeah so uh, Rob McElhenney, uh Glenn Howerton, and Charlie Day are like the three creators of it and actors and everything. So, Oh, Charlie Day of Luigi fame? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Luigi himself. <laughs> yeah, it's, so I take it's, it. it's, been, it's gotten me interested in just like re-watching the show. You're watching alongside with them as they make their, uh, their Not podcast? Really. On... Okay. <laughs> Not really, no. I started, I started watching it... Um, probably a year and a half ago and for whatever reason just stopped around the eighth season or something because it was just you know it's a long series so like keeping up with a, a single series for a long time even if it just on a rewatch and when i wasn't like binging or anything so i just so, kind of got back into it where i left off where are full episodes available where are you watching this on because this is a series that you know i've hulu. seen a lot of clips of oh, on hulu yeah Okay, okay. I can't remember if I have a Hulu subscription. I'll have to look into that. But Always Sunny is one of those, like, every once in a while I'll be on YouTube and it'll recommend, like, bloopers from Always Sunny. And the bloopers look just as great as the show itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's something I've been meaning to get into. That and Curb Your Enthusiasm. Two shows Uh, that, like... it's they're similar in that they're just, like... I mean, it's kind of a testament to, like, what the... type of show it is like that it's been around as long as it has because you know they don't it's not like a set story sort of thing like they could just kind of do whatever with each episode Hmm. so tim the theme for today's uh, episode is going to be retro gaming but before i do my deep dive into what i've been doing we do want to talk about recent releases which is monster hunter rise which you've been playing and uh what are your thoughts on it so far um i really like it it feels very similar to world um and something i noticed that i did with monster hunter world when i first played it um i think i went into it playing with the charged blade i think whatever it is the thing where it's like you switch between a short and zero short sword and shield and you transform that into an x that was like the on my first playthrough of that, or partial playthrough, and then through some weird um, save bug, 
with that when the Iceborne came out. I basically deleted my save because of that <laughs> save bug and then started new when you and I played together and switched okay. and changed it up to uh, a switch axe for my main playthrough. Um, and this time I'm like, you know, a new game, let's try a different weapon this time. And so I went with the heavy bow gun, which is very different. And I've been the enjoying heavy bow it. gun strikes me as like tough to do in a single yeah, player I thought, hunt. I thought it would be, but it's, it's not that bad. I mean, granted, it's it's harder to break certain parts off a monster, but like breaking a tail, for example, it's like you got to aim at that tail while it's moving mm-hmm. around and stuff. Where it's a lot easier to hit that with like just a melee weapon sort of thing. You go gamepad or you go mouse and keyboard? Uh, gamepad. Okay. Is it tough aiming the the shots with the gamepad? Not really. Like okay. It, I mean, it okay. plays like any sort of third third person shooter sort of thing like if you're already comfortable with that on a controller then it's totally fine how many hours into it are you um i'm gonna say like 20 ish okay good chunk yeah good chunk and they've they've added a lot of stuff from like world and all that so it's pretty neat possible Um, spoilers for if for by me asking this question here but like any familiar faces from Iceborne slash World that I'd recognize that you've bumped into so far in terms of monsters? Oh yeah, like um, there's there's Baryoths, there's um, what's that big rocky mud guy that you? Oh, find the I know exactly who is you, it. Baryoth. 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 There's similar Baryoth and Baryoth. <laughs> Baryoth. Baryoth. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got like the whole suite of like the, the great Raptor dudes, like the, the Jaggies, the Baggies, the Jagris, the Ludroths, um, all that kind all of stuff. Oh, Ludroth is back? Yeah. Um, Do they have underwater fights in this one? I don't think so. Well, oh, at okay. least I'm not at that point if there are, so. Okay. It's, I, like, I don't think they've been doing that for the past few games. Okay, so. Yeah, because I, you know, I started off Monster Hunter with Try on the Wii, and I, when I hear Ludroth, I think about the underwater fights with the Royal Ludroth. But as I'm thinking about it now, I think they did some weird stuff. And I think Ludroth might have been an Iceborne, but he was like not underwater; just happened to be like adjacent to water at times. I might be misremembering. I mean, there was the Jagras, which is similar. The Great Jagras okay. is like similar look and feel. They don't. They have okay. the great. They have the royal Ludroth in this, but no great tra- Jagras. At least where I'm okay. at, so it's possible they'll oh, man. show up later or something. I remember from from my Wii days of Monster Hunter, like the royal Ludroth outfit. You could make it look like you're an ice climber because you could make it <laughs> yeah. blue. Because it's like an Eskimo outfit. You make it blue. You're one of the ice climbers. I, I'll need to look into if they did that again for this one. But here's yeah, a real weird. question. Here's a real question, Tim. Is yeah. Tigrex in this game? Because I, I want to replicate my so. wide range set. I believe so. Okay. Um, okay, good. There's good. actually there was a monster I just fought not long ago. Like it's not super far into the game where it also has wide range. So you can get wide okay. range pretty early in the game. I but they... I think Tigrex in particular had something 
where you could use items, but there was a chance it didn't get consumed. Oh, yeah, and that's, that's why true. having him with a wide range was particularly good. But it's it's been a while since I loaded up Iceborne, so I might be misremembering if it was Tigrex or something else. Maybe like a, a talisman or something if they didn't. I might have done something weird like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, but so far, uh, uh, Rise has your seal of approval. Yeah, they, they've added a few things that I thought was interesting. Like the um, they have the wire bug, which is like... Um, Instead of having that clutch claw thing, you would have this wire bug, which like when you don't have your weapon out, you can kind of use it as a like a Spider-Man, like s- s- not really swinging so much as like you pull yourself towards just the air, middle of the air or whatever, and you can chain up to like three of them. Um, what is it called? The wire bug. Huh. And it's like you can. There's a lot more verticality to the levels. And like hidden stuff, like this. This game feels more like similar to like uh, a 3D platformer of like N64, where there's just hidden stuff all over the place, and like collectibles and things like that. So is a wire bug something that I'm trying to visualize it in my mind's eye here? It's like a bug that maybe spawns above you, and you kind of like latch to it, and you do it like three yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. You could do okay. it up to three times, but it's like on a cooldown. So like each each instance of it, or, so you could have like up to three instances. So you can, so you can't like spam it, sort of thing. Okay. Um, and as far as I know, there's nothing no like skills that like affect it, but I'm not entirely sure on that one. Okay. But it's well, it's interesting because like you can just scale up walls, and one of the things you can do with it is if you. If you uh, you don't grapple with it per se, but you kind of just if you launch yourself into a wall, and you're holding the run button, you could just run up the wall, or run do like what? a wall run or do like a horizontal wall run. It's and then jump it off. Made it's, Prince of Persia yep. mechanics into <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's it's crazy, and like it's unfortunate like you can't use it while with the weapon out, but it which sucks for me as a as a bowgun user. But like for a melee weapon user, you could just, you know, jump off a wall and then pull out the weapon and do like a, a plunging attack on something. All right. All right. I feel weird about like, I don't want to buy Rise just yet because I don't, we, I need, in my, in my heart, I need to shut the door on Iceborne before I can dive <laughs> into Rise. But that being said, I don't want to buy this game like six months down the road and you're going to be like with golden Rathalos armor. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. We'll see when I get this game. I, I just need to hop back and I, I need to find it in the, in my heart to hop back into Iceborne after, I think there was a monster that kept bodying us and I got tilted and I, I haven't loaded back into it. I can't remember which monster it was. Yeah. I don't remember. It was yeah, pretty man. late into Iceborne. Yeah. We're like three, we're, we're three monsters away or something weird from like the ending. Something like that. Yeah. But uh, outside of that, we did play a Phasma. We did jump back into the world of ghoulies, ghosts and ghoulies, <laughs> by hopping into Phasma with an old friend of ours. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's been listening to this podcast. I don't know if he, I don't know if he wants us to name drop him. Let's call him uh, Barry. We hopped in. We hopped into Phasmophobia with our friend, quote unquote, Barry. <laughs> Not to be confused with Larry, our other. 
friend. We yes, there's with. a. <laughs> we just keep going with it. There's a there's a Larry and a Barry, but yeah, man, uh, this was my first time seeing the new map, the campsite, and I guess there's the the journal up. There's a lot of new stuff that I did not see before. The yeah. big thing though is the beanbag toss in the lobby. Ten out of ten game. Yeah, the beanbag you know, toss, the ring toss, the ring toss. <laughs> just things to do in the in the lobby. Um, yeah, like, and on top of that, small quality of life improvements, like when you uh, add items to your inventory, there's a button that just says, yeah, give, just add all my items that I have. And yeah. normally I'm the econ guy of our group. So like, I'm the guy who would hit the all button and then I'll hang out in the van just to, it's just to recon the areas while you guys do the scary stuff. <laughs> but uh, I did, I was bold during our playthroughs because I did want to get back into the rhythm of it and uh, I did want to see the campsite. Uh, yeah, a lot of good quality of life improvements. Yeah, it's, it was fun because in the few games we were playing, I, I'm pretty sure I died every single run. Oh man, that was sure. so unfortunate. I mean, I, I'm I'm totally cool with it because like, that's part of the game. Like if it were, It's not like at all frustrating either because you can still help to some degree. Or you could just fool around with them by throwing things around and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. we've like there was a run where me and one of our other buddy, buddies who had died, we decided to set up a trail to a thing to like the monster to like the ghost spawn or something like that. You guys, yeah, I was one of the last ones a lot. What were you doing? You were setting up like a because we were trying from trail. Yeah, because you guys were trying to find where the like we were still unclear where the the ghost spawned to even get more like info on it and we're just like we were watching the ghost spawn in and, on hunts and so we're like all right let's leave a trail to where it spawned to help you guys out and then you guys never used it you guys just abandoned us <laughs> we cut our losses and it's funny because you hear like the you hear the the ignition of the of the truck and then just drives away and we're just like all right <laughs> Do you remember which was that the prison map that we were on that you did that? I think it was the school, the high school. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, for whatever reason we were we felt the need to be bold and we tried out the big maps. Yeah. Those are yeah, man, those are fun. It's fun to go back into Phasmo cuz we went through our phase where we were playing it quite often within the span of a week and I think we got burnt out of it, but like going back after X amount of months feels good because you see all the quality of life improvements with the journal. Yeah, they've been the... consistent about putting... I think they've put out an update every... I want to say like six eight, six to eight weeks. Uh-huh. It's not as frequent as like once a month, but it's still pretty... It's frequent enough where they're adding enough new changes. Uh-huh. Yeah, and... Uh... It was fun. It was fun to hop back in with our old friend Barry, who was also a Chicago game dev. But I don't know if he wants us to name drop who he is and where he works at, so we'll leave it at that. We went to hop back into that uh, the Phasmo equivalent of the the Mummy game. I can't remember. I'm blanking. Oh on what yeah, the name of that game is. Yeah. Did we even I... play that, or did we just no, watch we someone didn't. else play? Okay. I think we watched someone else, and I don't remember what it's called. I have yeah. I'm... Like, I saw some, I think that I saw like some uh, Steam wishlist update about it or something, or maybe it was on sale. So I, I think that's when I saw it recently, like come to my attention, but. 
I think I think I remember us talking about that game, and we had the consensus of like we already own Phasmo, which is like the same. I think it was also like around the time when we were still playing Phasmo a decent amount. So we're like, why go to a different game that's going to be somewhat similar? Yeah, I'll need to research because I I do want to try out that Mummy game, but I I want to see it when it goes on sale. Oh hey, by the way, did you make any further progress in Disco Elysium? No, I haven't. Okay. Like I, I, as I said, I was pretty much, like I was out of it for the first half of the week, and then the second half was like when Monster Hunter came out. So I've been playing that since. So no worries, no worries. Do you know what's even more scary than ghosts and ghoulies? Uh, no. Five letter word puzzles, <laughs> because this last week I got conquered by Wordle. Finally, it was I don't you know this is not spoilers because the word changes every day, but. The word Abby got me. I'm still tilted about it. Have you the been two... have you what? been sticking with the same uh, starting word for each puzzle? Yeah, you gave me that strat about using arise as my first word because it's. Like... I've been changing it up every like every day. What's like, what's the game? What's the strategy there? What's the game plan? Oh, just to change it up. Okay. There's actually, I there's a hard mode, which. From what I understand, it um, prevents you from using letters that you've already used that have been eliminated, or you have to you have to actually use the letters that you've uh, already got. So like the green and yellow ones. Um, oh, interesting. So you can't and and because you can't use the gray ones, you can't just like use a word that has a word has a letter that's already been eliminated, which some people have done that. You know, just to try to pull out some other letters. Um, okay. Is that but like I've, a set? Yeah, go that, ahead. That's like an actual uh, separate. Like you can, I think that was like an option in the options menu or something. But I've been playing with that rule in mind anyway. So, like, just on my own without the actual dedicated mode to do that. And then I think you have there's got a, me hooked on World Sim. I've been yeah. I've been opening it up every day ever since you mentioned it last podcast. Yeah. And then I think there's also I think it also prevents you from using the same starting word or something every time. I'm not sure. Oh, I haven't interesting. Actually, I haven't actually tried it. I'll maybe I'll try that tomorrow. See see what it does. There um, was a, a wordle earlier this week. It might have been yesterday or two days ago, where I had like four out of the five words, and it was tango as my guess, and like the first four words were first four letters were correct, and I said, "How is it not tango? What other word could this possibly be?" And I had a moment of like, oh, right, tangy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice having like a daily thing. Because I've also been playing for the past, I don't know, almost a year now. Been playing Sudoku every day. So. Oh, I went through. I don't, rem- I don't know if you remember the Nintendo DS game, like uh, Brain Training. Yeah. Where it's like you s- short puzzles every day. And... The, you know, the short math puzzles or whatever, they were they were all right. But the real gem of that title was it gave you a bunch of Sudoku on Nintendo DS. And I did a deep dive into the Sudoku. It's been a while, but I, I do enjoy Sudoku. Yeah, there's I picked up a, an app on my phone called Killer Sudoku, which has like alternate rules to it. So it's like normal Sudoku, but then it also has like um, they put like random little groupings in like they'll group up 
basically instead of having just the normal like nine tiles or nine squares large squares it they'll have that but then they'll have like a weird zigzag through it of like like a chain of blocks i think they call them cages or something but it's just like they grew up group up random like cells and then they'll tell you, show you the the total and you basically have to have all the numbers in that grouping add up to that total so it adds an extra layer to it but it doesn't necessarily make it harder because um you have that extra information to help solve it so it right so like, like you could core... go with yeah, go so ahead. like i've played like there's the the hardest mode on it called i think they just call it killer where it's like basically a blank board but they give you all this other information to help solve it so it's like it ends up being a little easier to go on completely blank because there's okay. you end up picking up like extra like patterns and tricks to solve strategies and whatnot to solve it so uh, i've been enjoying it it's called killer sudoku yeah I'll have to look into that. It's been a while since I filled out a Sudoku puzzle. Now that we're talking about it, I kind of got the itch to <laughs> to try one now. Yeah, <laughs> we'll save we'll, we'll we'll save it for next time. I'll report back to you whether I still got the moves with Sudoku. But uh, speaking of games, especially uh, you know older games, to here's my transition to my my spiel of what I did since last episode. I had to go get my dog to get groomed. And uh -huh. the dog groomer is by my parents' place. So I spent the night over at my parents' place. And I saw that uh, in, in the storage room, we had an old CRT TV. And I said to my dad, where did you find this? So it's just in the garage. Uh, I found it and just put it in here. I looked at my dad and I said, can I steal it? And he said, yeah, we're, none of us are using it. It's yours. And like, I'm trying to explain it to him, like, this is a big deal because, you know, people are selling CRT TVs. Jeff, you're not supposed to like, tell them. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he made me pay for it. I had to throw throw down a hundred dollars for it. No, like I told my dad, like people value these things because you know they want to play old video games, like the way that they were meant to be played on an older TV and not on an HD TV or whatever. And yeah. so we brought it back to my condo, and I uh, I tried out my Super Nintendo first. And my Super Nintendo is in rough condition. Like, if you were to grab my Super Nintendo and shake it, you would hear cookie crumbs inside. Because at some point as a child, I think I was shoving cookies into the top loader. So it's in rough shape. But it still was able to play. Uh, Mega Man X looks really good. I think I played Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time. And then I tried out my Sega Genesis. The Genesis is in much better condition because I got it like... I didn't have a Genesis as a kid. I got my Genesis like... 12 years ago from a pawn shop and that happened to have a Genesis inbox. So the Genesis loaded up immediately. I didn't have to, you know, like blow into the cartridges or anything. Streets of Rage looks good. Uh, I think I tried out, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm blanking on what other games I tried out, but Mortal Kombat 1 has not aged well. I hate to say it, but outside of that, that was the only blemish. And so, uh, I think I, got, I hopped onto eBay. I'm like, I need to build upon my Genesis collection. It's not enough that I just have my crown jewel, like Streets of Rage 2. Like, I want to build upon what I have on Genesis. But man, Tim, some of these games on eBay. Oh, yeah. Like, for, for example, like, The Punisher on Sega Genesis is a game I would love to have. 
and I would like to have it complete in box and all that. I'm looking at listings on eBay, $700 plus for the Punisher on Genesis. And <laughs> ultimately, I know that game is just okay. Like, I like that game, but not enough to throw down $700 for a singular game. Castlevania Bloodlines, $100 plus to have it complete in box. I guess what I'm getting at is, like, now that I have a CRT TV and I'm doing the deep dive into building upon my old games, it's a pricey, it's a pricey hobby, Tim. If you, if you have any old school Super Nintendo or Genesis games, hold on to those. Yeah, it's going to be I, worth millions someday. I think my entire Super Nintendo collection, which is not a lot, because I never actually owned one as a kid. So uh-huh. I, so my current collection is just like a handful of, of games. Um, but there was something you mentioned about putting cookies in the console. In the, oh, no. Did you um, do that also? No, no, no. It just made me think that, um, you know how like a lot of these older consoles and cartridges have just been worn pretty bad for a lot of people because a lot of them were you know i'm wondering if like these older consoles these are are um like these older generations probably it's it's probably harder to find those because i would assume that console gaming was played more by kids back then than like adults were now where oh yeah say 20 30 years from now whatever current gen consoles are probably going to hold it better assuming you know they don't just fail as is like some consoles are um i wonder if there's like i think i would assume people like there are more adults taking better care of their consoles now than back then where it's just mostly kids or something in the 80s and 90s like video games were seen as like toys right yeah yeah that's what i mean like there are probably more kids with them almost like getting an action figure it was meant to be you know you know uh broken into and all that stuff like i remember buying video games and saying like do i want to keep the box of this nah i just need the cartridge right yeah and i i as an adult i beat myself up over it like i i distinctly remember having the box of mario brothers 3 and thinking to myself throw away the box the cartridge is the thing <laughs> that matters right i don't need the instruction book i know how to play mario 3 and I'm beating myself up over that. But now, like, we have adults who buy, like, Forza Horizon 5 and say to themselves, I need to keep this in the in the yeah. case sealed and, you know, we're going to get this PSA certified or whatever the video game equivalent is, like WATA WADA or something like that, WADA certified, so yeah. that it'll be worth uh, millions of dollars someday. Yeah, we, so like, I, you and I personally know some people who will buy a, a physical copy of a game on the switch or something and then also a digital copy so that they have the physical copy as a collector's oh yeah, item sort of thing yeah retro games market not playing around i think i saw because right now on my crt tv i have my gamecube hooked up so i was like okay you know my gamecube collection collection is pretty solid so i was like what am i missing oh i'd like to have twilight princess on the gamecube i have it on wii i have it on wii u i'd like to have twilight princess gamecube version Looked it up on eBay. Someone's selling it for like $10,000 because it's like WADA certified. Nine oh, well, point just whatever. ignore those. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you see that, you're like, all right, next next yep. eBay entry. See what else. Why buy a car, Tim, when I can buy Twilight Princess on the Nintendo GameCube? Exactly. Am I right? <laughs> you can go so many places with that. But uh, speaking of GameCube, like, yeah, like right now I have my GameCube hooked up to the uh, CRT TV. 
because the beauty of it is I have my GameCube collection at my disposal, but also I, ha I still have my Game Boy player, which is like an attachment to the bottom of the GameCube. So I'm also playing my Game Boy Advance games. And uh, right now I'm you know, playing through Pokemon Fire Red, but also I started a new save file in Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Still holds up. That oh, yeah. game is still excellent. Yeah. Right. Paper Mario and... Paper, was it Paper Mario or Paper Mario 64? So Paper Mario on the N64 was just called Paper Mario. Okay. Yeah, those first That's like... Uh, <laughs> it's funny because like they do the same thing. Fans do the same thing with like Superman where they say, oh yeah, Superman 64, but the actual title is just Superman. <laughs> really? Yeah. But... Uh, you say yeah, fans of the... <laughs> Fans, yeah, of, yeah, the, fans of that game. The devoted community of Superman 64. <laughs> fun well, fun a, side note. Fun side note. I, I don't know if this is true, but there's going to be a PS1 version of that game. And there is some leaked footage or whatever on YouTube. It does look better. What would have been the PS1 version of that game. But I don't know if that's real or faked or whatever. I'll, I will have to research and report back to you guys. I think I've heard of that, but... I also like wasn't like the big problem with that was like terrible draw distance or something. I think it was just time. It might have been dev, you know, how much time the devs had to make a. Oh yeah, PS1 but version. I mean, like for the, I mean for the N sixty four version, like oh right, right, part right. of it was yeah. just like it just had terrible draw distance, and it was a game where you're flying around, so <laughs> you couldn't see anything. I mean, we could do a deep dive into the blemishes of that game, and that could take up an entire podcast episode. So, but yeah, I, I do recall the draw distance being rough. Yeah. Where was I going to go? Oh yeah, Paper Mario still holds up. And uh, as I, you know, I as I have the Game Boy Player hooked up, I started a new save file in uh, Pokemon Fire Red, and uh, I saw this uh, YouTuber. He, he's a he's a speedrunner who does different games. His name is Small Ant. And uh, one of the things he did for Pokemon Fire Red is he did a run where he catches no Pokemon. And he did other stuff, but the part that intrigued me was like doing an entire run of Pokemon Fire Red without catching any Pokemon. And you say to yourself, how is this possible? Well, I the mean, thing just, is... It's very possible. Well, you just <laughs> you get one Pokemon at the start and you're good. Well, that's what, that's what you would think, Tim. But as I was watching him, like outside of Mount Moon... There's a guy who sells you a magic carp. Uh, you see where I'm going? You see oh, what yeah. you see? You picking up what I'm putting down, Tim? All you the ones the that magic you don't naturally catch or yep. whatever. So. Okay. There's an EV that you just happen to find in Celadon City. In Saffron, there's like a dojo where you get to win a Hitmonchan or a Hitmonlee. There's a... What else? You get a Lapras for free by saving the, the Silphco company. There's uh, a fossil Pokemon. Yes, Ammonite, Ammonite and uh, Kabuto. I'm blank. Oh, yeah, Aerodactyl. Yep. So that's basically what my team is looking at, looking like right <laughs> now. I haven't gotten to the fossil Pokemon. That's going to be a hurdle. But uh, I currently have like a level 52 Venusaur. Oh, yeah. And then it's far. a. It, well, that's the or thing is that. High level, at least. <laughs> well, just Venusaur. Because right. as you would imagine, the first four badges is me with just my Venusaur and a Magikarp. And yeah. the Magikarp is purely there just for like an emergency swap out. So my huh. Venusaur is level 52. And then it's like a harsh drop off to my Gyarados at level 23. So if Venusaur goes down, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. 
Oh yeah. But it's a fun challenge. It's a fun challenge, and uh, I will I will update you guys to see if my Venusaur can just ace ace her way through the the Elite Four. I don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> but at least I got the coins to buy a Dratini from Celadon City Game Corner. Oh, that's right. Because uh-huh. I, I was trying uh-huh. to remember what 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 they had there. Because there's uh, the Porygon. Porygon, which is a ridiculous price. Dratini. Abra and Oh, is Abra. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, um have you ever tried a, a Nuzlocke run? I've heard of those. What's what's the idea? Like the first time you see a Pokémon is your only chance to get that yeah, type I of Pokémon, right? Yeah, I think right? that's it. Yeah, I haven't I haven't done one myself, but I think that's what it is. And then I you think, also I, and it's also required that you have to catch at least one Pokémon per area, something like that. I don't. I'm gonna butcher the rules of this, but I think the idea is your first time seeing a certain breed of Pokemon. That's your only chance to get that. If you miss it, I think or so. Yeah, that's your first chance. If any of your Pokemon die or faint in battle, you have to release them and treat it as if they quote unquote died. Yeah. And you have to name every Pokemon you catch so that you get an emotional attachment to that Pokemon. <laughs> like there's there's multiple layers to the Nuzlocke run. I've never done it. You know, now that you mention it, maybe after I finish this run, I should try it and report back to you guys. So I might I try feel that devastated. Someday. I don't yeah. know. I've I've never tried it, but maybe I'll try it at some point. <laughs> oh, speaking of, you know, it's funny because like the first few episodes of this podcast, there was a lot of Resident Evil heavy topics, but now we're shifting toward the Pokemon part of <laughs> the. This is our Pokemon saga, like. You know, we started off in the Namek saga, and now we're in the the Android saga. We're in the Pokemon saga now. Let's discuss these skateboards coming out this week. Pokemon Center website coming out with a new line of Bear Walker skateboards, which are going to have, like, Eevee designs on them. I think they look pretty cool. I missed out on the first line of skateboards that Pokemon Center put out, which had, like, Charizard, Gengar, Pikachu... And they looked really cool. I'm I'm still kicking myself that I don't have I didn't pick up the Gengar skateboard, but now they got the the Eevee skateboards, and I know they're gonna be like two hundred dollars plus or something, but I'm I'm tempted to simp for like one of these before they become like two thousand dollars because they sold out or something. I'm eyeballing the Glaceon I, one. Uh, I like the idea of the blue skateboard with the Glaceon design on it. I think I might get one. Are you for real? <laughs> Looking at these, yeah. I like Maybe, um I was thinking. Which one are you going for? You Pro- you're an Umbreon guy? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, we did watch the Tony Hawk documentary. We got we gotta <laughs> we gotta dive into <laughs> we have to embrace the culture. So here I am. I, I can't sing any more of that song. I don't want us to I don't want our podcast to get in trouble, but DC DMCA Dryden. They'll, uh, Tony Hawk will call the cops on us. Yeah, Tony Hawk's gonna call the popo on me. I'll just say it was Jeff, and then they'll uh, show up at your house because that's because they know where you live. Of course, that's how this works. So, yeah, of course. I just wanted to call out uh, Pokemon skateboards coming out this week. Nobody buy the Glaceon one because I'm getting the Glaceon one. You, if you guys want Flareon, that's fine. But if you guys want any of the other ones, that's fine by me. Stay away from Glaceon. Uh, one last one last note on the Pokemon side of things. We did get a gameplay reveal. Well, gameplay, uh, not reveal, but preview of 
Pokemon Legends Arceus, which uh, people have drawn comparisons to Breath of the Wild, and I definitely see the uh, you know the foundations of Breath of the Wild in there, but that's not necessarily a bad thing because I think it looks good. I think this is this will be a good stepping stone for the next uh, Pokemon uh, open world adventure game. I think. Yeah, they've been doing the same formula for since the beginning, pretty much. Uh-huh. And so it'd be nice to see if they they break away from that for like a mainline game. It's especially I don't, like I don't know if this. you saw this. Yeah, go ahead, Tim. No, I was just saying after doing this, I, I hope they they continue with this and expand on it. Yeah, especially my hope like is main, that the mainline series sort of thing. Yeah, my hope is that uh, they treat. They implement, they see what works with this release, right? And they implement it into the mainline games. Yeah. Because what I'm seeing, I don't know if you got a chance to watch any bit of the the preview video, but like, there's Pokemon that just straight up attack you. Yeah. There's, it's not like, oh, let me pull out my, you know, Charmander and, you know, let's do a one-on-one. You bump into a wild Pokemon that's angry. There's a chance it knocks you out and you, you know, you black out, you, you spawn back in wherever. But like that's how it should be, right? That's what makes sense. But it's still it's still turn based. I would hope they would, um, at some point, break away from that and or, tr- or at least try it on like a side game like this, where they just do like action combat, like it's like a tales game or something. <laughs> just have do your you Pokemon remember? Go like yeah, I I get what you're saying because like, do you remember the Pokemon fighting game Pokémon tournament yeah. or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, like let's get a game that's a combination of this open world Arceus stuff, but also like not turn based because you're controlling a Pokemon like going one v one against the wild Pokemon, you know? Yeah. Exactly. But that's we'll we'll save that for wishful thinking because I don't I don't know that the Pokemon people are quite listening to the Garage Lord podcast just yet. We'll we'll wait until our reach expands, right, Tim? I, are you well, sure they're not? I've uh, sent it know. to Mr. Pokemon. Mr. Pokemon? I, isn't there a isn't there an actual character called Mr. Pokemon in in the lore? I, probably. I'll have to look into that. That's what they're <laughs> named after, of course. Of course, That's where the name came from. Well, outside of that, Tim, just for uh, just for chuckles, I don't, I think I mentioned it in previous episodes, but I'm. I'm back on the dating scene with my dating profiles and uh, no luck. No, no, I'm not chatting up anyone. No, no one likes Papa Jeff. And so uh, our Discord community asked about it. And I said to them, you know what? I've, I'm more or less, I'll let you guys take the wheel. You have 500 characters to work with, with my Tinder profile. You tell me what to put down for my profile summary. Tim, would you like to hear what our community came up with for how my Tinder profile currently reads? Of course, go for it. I'm looking for someone who's down to watch Mamma Mia break into their songs randomly with and take trips to visit the locations that the movies took place in. Bonus points if you won't judge me for buying Pokemon cards. My dog once almost puked on my mattress, but I told him not to and then he puked on me instead. Tim, I updated my profile to that three days ago, and I am proud to announce that I have gotten no new likes. 
<laughs> so there you go, everyone. We'll see you. The, we'll, I, I will report back to you. This is a community effort. We, we shall see <laughs> if I get when, at least one when like. When was this? This was like two or three days ago. Oh, okay. So not that long ago. Yeah, a small, a small sample size. Let's, let's not get discouraged just yet. Let's not get discouraged. <laughs> we haven't put it through the ringer yet, so. That's right. This is, you know, as we are QA-minded people, right, Tim? We're going to see what works, and we'll update, we'll, we'll change it accordingly. Of course, maybe, maybe uh... the ladies don't want to hear about Mamma Mia, which, you know, that's a problem. <laughs> that's that might be a deal breaker for me but hey we'll fi- we'll figure it out for ourselves we'll QA my we'll we'll QA my Tinder profile we're we're going to we're going to play scientists and treat this like an experiment oh yeah we we need to buy lab coats for when we do our our ranking of the greatest games of all time right of course. we're going to do like a 10 hour podcast episode where we, we <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were joking when you suggested no, that. No, no, of course not. Why, why would I joke about that? that. And I'm not being How would we start? No. I have no idea. I, I would assume we would come to the table with some suggestions, and then we'll probably come up with some along the way. But, you know. I'm we, just going to put it out it. there. Rescue mission on the Sega Master System. Easy top five. Easy top five. Okay, well, well, you know, speaking of ranking things, you want to try ranking some things? Oh, let's yeah, let's rank some things, because uh, I found this list of VH1's top 100 songs of the 80s, and you know what? I was looking at this list and said, I don't agree with a lot of these. Uh, I'll read off the top 20 to you, Tim, okay. and... Maybe we'll jump in at the end and we'll see uh, where would we rearrange some of these. All right. So starting off at number 20, Jesse's Girl. 19, Time After Time. 18, Come On Eileen. 17, Here I Go Again. 16, Need You Tonight. 15, Jump. 14, Walk Like an Egyptian. 13, with or without you. 12. How will I know? 11. Don't stop believing. All right, here we go. The top 10 songs of the 1980s, according to VH1. Here we go. Number 10. You shook me all night long. Number 9. Walk this way. Number 8. Like a virgin. 7. Sweet child of mine. 6. Hall and Oates, I can't go for that. Five, Prince, When Dove Cries, When Doves Cry. Four, Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Three, Hungry Like the Wolf, Duran Duran. The number two greatest song of the 80s. Pour Some Sugar on Me. And coming in at number one, to represent the 1980s as the greatest song of the 80s, Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Now, Tim, I don't know about you, but I looked at this list and I said, wow, this is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Tim? You know, it's, it's funny you see Def Leppard 
at number uh-huh. two. There was so the past few months I've been playing Truck Simulator or Euro Truck Simulator two with with a friend of ours. And uh-huh. um the thing the game has like an an option to have uh to play like internet radio on there. In internet uh-huh. radio. And so I I found like a one of the local Chicago stations and put it on there that I used to listening to from when I was younger. And they play Def Leppard way too much on that. And I'm just like, why is this like why are people that into Def Leppard? Uh-huh. And so now I'm wondering why is it number two? I will say that I love Prince. When Doves Cry is not my favorite Prince song. I will say that I adore Hall and Oates. I've seen them live. Uh, they might be one of my favorite acts of all time. I Can't Go For That is not my favorite <laughs> Hall and Oates song. I, I'm looking, I'm scrolling, because this is a list of, I, I read off the top 20. This list is 100 long. And there are some near the bottom, like, that deserve to be way, 83, Kiss by Prince is one of my favorite Prince songs. That's coming in at 83? No way. Uh, what am I looking at here? Oh, number 12, uh, How Will I Know by Whitney Houston. Great song. That needs to be in the top. That needs to crack the top 10, in my opinion. Uh, um, how is Under Pressure by Queen and David Bowie so far down? Where are you seeing that? Number 31. No way, dude. That should have been top 20 easy. Yeah. Yeah, like there's a lot of like, like total eclipse of the heart. That could have easily been higher. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't any... know how. I don't know how Bon Jovi got number one. Like we need to, we need to scientifically rearrange this list, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> we'll need to devote an entire podcast episode to this. Yeah, we should actually just do this entire list. Just stick with this list or something. And we, you know, who knows? We might have some other options for replacing some of these songs or something. Wow. I, I just did a control F for Hall and Oates. I can't go for that is the only Hall and Oates song on the top 100. And that's definitely not right. Hold on now. I just, I just made myself this, super tilted. And the thing is, they're not like sticking to just one song per artist. They're right. Cause like I'm, I'm seeing like multiple prints on, as you mentioned and things like that. So it's like, why did they do this? Like, they could have easily put, you know, either a has like stick with a rule of only one, like one song per artist, or like you know that could have easily been multiple songs by Hall and Oates. So, again, like I'm a big Hall and Oates fan, so maybe I'm being a little too tilted about this. But Kiss on my list was recorded 1980, released 1981, not on the top 100. Huh. What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, I think we we should do a full list at some point. <laughs> but do you want to just try to rearrange like the top ten or something? Try to rearrange the top ten, sure. Or okay, uh, yeah, we could be here all day if we're doing our. Own I mean, top ten. I, I get I get what you're going for. Like, let's just do the top ten for time's sake. But like. We're, there's this is a multi, like this is like the tip of the iceberg of what's wrong here. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, 
I like I was never super into Madonna songs, so I don't know that Same. Black Version would crack my yeah. top ten. Like the, this is the Pandora's box of rearranging this list. I like I like the song "Hungry Like a Wolf," not in my top ten. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um. I do like Love. Sweet Child. I do like Sweet Sweet Child of Mine, but I'm not also not like this needs to be top ten. Ah, uh, it's an iconic song. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But not. I I would not put that one in my top ten. Candy Girl by New Edition at seventy seven. What are we doing? Come on now. <laughs> oh man, I'm just getting mad looking at this list. <laughs> all right we'll, we'll uh we might be here a while if we if we start pecking away at this list yeah we should i'll uh, i'll include a, a link to this list with an actual description of the podcast so oh no listeners jack, take a look jack and diane by john mellencamp number 59 not oh. even the top 50 yeah. vh1 He's also had plenty of good songs too so like Besides that, I don't know why that one's. But yeah, that one Ooh. that one could have been up further. I would, I like that. I like that song quite a bit. Yeah, I, I do that too. Might have been a like... top twenty. I don't know if I'm there, but yeah. Wait a it's minute. I, I know you. I know you enjoy Tom Petty songs. Is Tom Petty on this list? No. Wait a minute. Would what? Would Tom Petty be on this list? Is he, on was my he, list for sure. Was he pro, well? He was he prominent in the eighties. Oh yeah, Tom Petty eighties songs. Yeah, I would have to look that up. If if Free Fallen was released in the eighties and it's not, oh, what are we doing? Free Fallen, nineteen eighty nine, not in the top one hundred. Yeah, like his, I think his solo album. I think he started his solo album in, or not album, but solo career, whatever you want to call it. I think he started that in the 80s, too. So that should have, like, his first album was, like, basically a tongue of bangers. So it could have easily been in that list. Tim, we could try to fix this top 10, but we would have, I would want to peel back the layers of everything in this top 100 list. So maybe we'll devote an entire episode to that someday. We could probably but do on our that own note, list if uh, we wanted to. <laughs> yeah, we, maybe that's what we should do. We should we should start off with like a ten, and we'll we'll rearrange it every week. But on that note, thank you all for joining us for episode twelve of Garage Lore. If you want to be tilted alongside us with the top one hundred songs of the eighties, eighties, uh, feel free to tweet us at Garage Lore, or send us an email, garagelore at gmail dot com. Tim, do you want to send us off here? Uh, also, if you have any song suggestions for this top 100 list that we might do, uh, by all means, send it to us because, you know, it's very possible for us to just forget something because there are a lot of songs out there. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Have a butter-free, beautiful day, everyone. I already had butter today. Sorry. <laughs> all right. See ya. Take it easy, everyone. Mm-hmm.